What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Put you in the poverty, dog, because I ain't careers quicker than your father-in-law. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome to another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. I am your host, the ring announcer to the stars, the Twitterless heroine herself, Miss Fancy Pants, the pop punk princess, the most professional podcaster, and most of all, the queen of sauce style, Miranda Morales, here with you again to host the Hashtag Miranda Show, which is a proud part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can find on thechairshot.com. 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 Always use your head. Yes, we can be found on thechairshot.com as well as your favorite podcast. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. You said it again. Look, I say it all the time. That doesn't mean you have to press the button all the time. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm not sorry. No, no, no sorry. you're not sorry. Here no. we go. Here we go. You can also find this show on all your favorite podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and more. That, ladies and gentlemen, the voice you hear is the producer, the co-host, the kingpin, the unstoppable one. Greg DeMarco. So in, in, in the song that I played at the beginning of the show, 
with the Max Caster rap. One of the best things about that is that when he says Daniel Bryan Danielson needs to eat some eggs because Anthony Bowen's arms are bigger than his legs, the camera pans out so you can see Daniel Bryan Danielson's legs. Like, just just pure well, yeah, brilliance. It's just, it's just facts. Just pure That brilliance. was the best rap Matt Caster has had in quite some time. I feel like yes. he's getting it back. He's 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 getting back the mojo. That was that was well done. That was definitely definitely well done. Obviously, since we were messaging about it, and that's part of your show. But yes, very very pleased with that one. Yes. And the great thing about social guy. media is that I don't have to watch Rampage to see it because exactly. Max Caster they himself shares them. It's beautiful. That's literally the only thing of AEW that I watch. That's yeah, just, that's pretty just, much it. I do seek out Adam Cole it. stuff still because you know yes. you know me you know what i do have to admit i do watch some eddie kingston stuff i did watch his confrontation with cm punk i mean it makes sense cm punk good. wants to put over the young stars like eddie kingston so awesome and, okay. i don't know C- i just i just punk. love eddie kingston going oh, he's straight great. to it though. i know he's great he's phenomenal punk literally said he came to AEW to work with the young stars eddie what? kingston is like is 39 that? years old and Punk has yet to actually put anybody over. And and of all the people who Punk has worked against, who is now in a better position than before they worked with Punk? I'll yeah, wait. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'll tell you was then. Spo- Nobody. Was it, sp- was it supposed to be Darby Allen? How's he better off? I'm asking, was it supposed to be? I'm not Darby sure. Was supp- they're just people that Punk really wants to have matches with. Matt Seidel. Whatever. That's not even the. But topic isn't that AEW though? Like just matches. But they they stop lying about it. it. Just like Punk said, he never would have gone back to WWE. When damn it, you were about to sign until Tony Tony Khan tripled his offer. Like just. Uh, That's awesome. Bunch of fucking. Just do it for the money. Why not? Yeah, Why I not? Had, I don't blame him. What up? What at all? I don't blame him. But I mean, seriously, like, why are? Whatever. I yes. Whatever. Well, so everyone, that is not the topics that we're going to be covering tonight. That is just the sidebar uh, conversation. Yes. Uh, on today's episode, we're actually going to be talking about two topics. Uh, one that is brand spanking hot off the press as we are recording this. The other, a little delayed, but still very relevant um, to what's happening in the world of professional wrestling. And that is uh, talking about the big announcement from Ring of Honor uh, regarding their suspension of operations, as well as NXT announcing war games. Yes, we do have some shades of the old NXT. Wait, 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 wait. Do, do, Do that again. Uh, war games? War yeah. games. I should have done it the first time because you had way more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. That, now it's just not authentic. Uh, but before we get into today's episode and topics, we have Impact Zone Wrestling IZW coming up in just two short weeks. Saturday, November 20th, fully legal, celebrating the 21st birthday anniversary year of IZW at Scottsdale Studios in Scottsdale, Arizona. Tickets are still available. We are at a bigger venue, so we have more capacity this time. And you'll want to join us because we have 
a whole variety of matches happening all the way from three women's matches to the IZW World Heavyweight Championship being defended to a grudge strap match uh, to, you know, a tag team match of epic proportions. Today, though, we're going to highlight two parallels, two wrestlers, two men who have seemingly had really a lot of changes with them in just the past few months, who had a match at last show and seemingly have almost, it feels like Freaky Friday as far as the perception and their roles and their attitudes, really. And I'm talking about Gino Rivera and Watson. Gino Rivera is known really, I mean, if you think about one of the last times we talked about Gino Rivera, it was during his strap match with the Navajo Warrior and the level of disrespect that he had placed on the Navajo Warrior for months. And he paid for it dearly by getting the holy heck beat out of him by Navajo Warrior in that strap match. You also have Watson, though, who has received, you know, all the opportunities that he has earned. You know, he he earned, you know, the opportunity to compete for the briefcase, uh, won that briefcase, utilized that in cashing that in for, you know, a, a world title opportunity and, you know, lost that, unfortunately. Got his match with Classic and, and much, much more, um, but ended up losing against Gino Rivera at the last show. And something that's very out of character for Gino, Gino offered his hand out to Watson as a sign of respect. And if anyone knows Gino, he doesn't respect very many people. He runs his mouth way more than anybody else. But he he put his hand out there because of the match that he had with Watson. And Watson ended up pushing it aside and and not showing any level of respect with with Watson traditionally being a, a, a someone who is a avid competitor, someone who respects, you know, his competitors and he puts his best effort forward. Ever since then, we've seen really this change in Watson. We've seen a change in character and in attitude with him much more silent. And the commissioner adrenaline actually went on to social media recently, really asking Watson what is going on because he's been unresponsive to her to the point where she is now asking him to show up, almost demanding him that he show up at fully legal to respond to his actions on the same fold. We have Gino Rivera facing Roman Roselle, uh, another tough match up against him. Um, but I'm, I'm very curious to get your thoughts on the parallels or, or how these, you know, paths cross between Gino Rivera and Watson. It's going to be very interesting because Watson has his known associates in lights, camera faction who are going to be there and, and, you know, they're, they're wrestling in, you know, six man tag team match on the VIP card. Um, they have not been together in, in IZW. They are not scheduled to be together in IZW and, and Watson going to be there. Watson going to speak when we don't know. And and then of course you've got Gina who has a match, a very tough match against Roman Roselle, but how can he not be worried about Watson at the same time? Mm -hmm. Like the, the promos out there, you've seen it. Watson said he was going to whoop his ass at fully legal. They don't have a match against each other, but 
Watson never really, has never really not kept a promise before. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what this means for Gino, uh, Gino's match. Like, I just don't know. And, and, and Watson, I mean, sometimes silence speaks volumes and, and he really has at this point, you know, he's been, been told to be there. He's going to be there, but kind of has all the power in the situation right now because he hasn't answered the questions because he has what people want and that's answers. Mm-hmm. And he has been, been, been afforded all the opportunities that he earned. He won the first monster. He had the ladder match. He got the world title shot. He had the big spotlight, mega ran introducing him and Thugnificent in their championship match. And that's when he, that's when it went downhill. He lost that match. He lost to Gino and, and we'll see what then it brought a different side of Watson that we haven't seen in IZW. But it's been seen elsewhere, so maybe that's the real Watson. I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna yeah. see on. on and you talk, you talk about silence. That's the one thing Gino's not good at. No. He's not good with not having answers. He is not good with silence, and so that I'm sure is much more frustrating to him than anything else. And that could, like you mentioned, be a distraction for him going into his match with Roman Roselle. Um, and you know, too, Roman. Too, I mean, uh, amateur wrestling background. I mean, he is someone who Gino should have both eyes on because of the talent and skill that Roman brings. Um, you know, Gino's a great showman too, and he's also a talented wrestler. But how far is that going to take him in a match against Roman Roselle, alongside with you know the outside factors with Watson and possibly you know the affiliation with Lights Camera Faction. Lights Camera Faction has their own match that they have to worry about during the VIP. So they do, you know, they're they're not they they got to take care of business first, really. But you know, will will that mean they're there to you know back Watson up? Is he gonna continue to do this on his own? And again, the change of attitude, the change of personality in Watson is something that we haven't seen and we don't know what to expect. But that is why you have to come to IZW Presents Fully Legal Saturday, November 20th at the Scottsdale Studios in Scottsdale, Arizona. Greg, where can our listeners find more information about tickets and Fully Legal? You can obviously hit up our website at IZWWrestling.com for the ticket link, and that'll take you to the Eventbrite to get the tickets. You can search for IZW on Eventbrite, but that's like the hardest way, even though it's still pretty simple. Or any of our social media posts at IZWWrestlingAZ on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We'll all get you to where you need to be to pick up a ticket to IZW fully legal. If this thing were at the Sun Studios of Arizona, we'd be talking about the fact that it's almost sold out. But because we're in a bigger building, obviously there are more opportunities, more seats, more availability. So definitely come on out, grab your tickets, and come on and have a great time at IZW fully legal. I'm excited about it. We're getting to celebrate 21 years of IZW. Um, and, and it's a privilege that I have and, and one that I'm super excited to, to share with people and, and have them share in. So come out and be a part of history and, and, you know, see what we do next. Cause you just never know. Yes. The final show as well of 2021. Um, so make sure that you get to this show because we're not having another show this year. So this is your last opportunity to, to, 
witness IZW to be a part of it. And also check out the Scottsdale Studios uh, and, you know, our setup there, because as Greg mentioned, it is a larger venue. So we will have, you know, more seats available. Uh, and it also is a new experience for fans, even, you know, the most diehard IZW fans. You know, it's it's a new way of looking at IZW, which is very fitting for 21 years. Absolutely. And and it's, you know, uh, we've never been there before and, and no wrestling has ever taken place there before. So it's the first time, first time for this venue, first time for everything. So make sure you visit IZW on social media, find ticket information on Eventbrite and much, much more. But you know what? Another way that you can support IZW is, well, what I'm going to tell you next. But in order to do that, Greg, I'm going to need you to do me a favor. What's that? And that is wind it up. Time! Yes, it is indeed time for you to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own IZW and chair shot t-shirts yes you can find both at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot so if you're not able to attend fully legal on saturday november 20th or you want to sport some great gear for fully legal you can go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very impact zone wrestling t-shirt as well as chairshot.com t-shirts that includes both the new izw and chairshot linear t-shirts that includes the queen of soft style t-shirt and everyone hates greg and much much more like multiple always use your head t-shirts the hashtag save tag team wrestling shirt uh, chair shot worldwide chair shot corona baron corbin sucks that and much much more all available at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. T-shirts start off at $19.99, but if you want to spend a few extra dollars, you can and get any t-shirt in soft style. And you know we got you covered because you want to be stylish, you want to be comfortable, and hell, you just want to look good. So the best way to do that is go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. That is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. So as we talked about in the first part of the show, the introduction, as you will, we are a little delayed in talking about this topic, but it's still very relevant because hell, we don't know what's going to truly unfold with this. And that is the announcement from Ring of Honor that they are going to suspend operations after final battle uh, happening in December, uh, that pay-per-view event, with the anticipation of returning uh at with the Supercard of Honor during WrestleMania weekend in Dallas. Now, other aspects of this announcement that we have learned and also just news circulating around the internet is with this suspension, all talent is being released from their contracts at the end of the year. 
if their contract happens to run past that, they'll be paid through the end of their deal, which or March 31st, whichever comes first. So we have kind of two tiers of talent and uh, their contracts. Also with that, they are able to book and wrestle as soon as they can. So there is no non-compete. There's no clause. They can go out and wrestle um, at any time. We also heard a little bit about uh, the the ownership from some Claire uh, Joe Coff, who is a friend of uh, the Greg DeMarco show, Greg DeMarco and that whole team. Not me. I don't know him personally. Uh, so I'm not going to come out here and say anything. But you were on with him once, weren't you? No, I was not. Oh, we didn't interview. Okay. That was before your time. Okay. I didn't know that. That was before my time. Yes. Yes. I thought you got one in. There. Uh, he campaigned multiple times for the company to, to stay open. Um, but ultimately, uh, ended up losing that um, as well as Sinclair, uh, you know, that this is possibly a budget move for Sinclair who's had to adjust its budget due to the impact of the pandemic and uh, you know, the challenges of not running live events with fans and really the changes uh, related to, to sports and their broadcasts um, since the pandemic. Um, also other items. I mean, there's stories regarding the tape library uh, possibly being up for, for sale uh, as something. And then, you know, ult- ultimately who owns the footage at what point and whatnot. So really there's a, a lot of information going on, but I wanted to specifically talk about this from two different perspectives, which is more of a casual fan perspective like myself, uh, who hasn't had much of a deeply rooted history viewing ring of honor, watching ring of honor, attending ring of honor events, in comparison to Greg, who has, I mean, grown with that company, both on a fan level, on a professional level, has had, you know, uh, business relationships with that company, has just been able to see some of his favorite wrestlers go through that and really talk about those two perspectives. Because I feel like for a diehard fan, this may mean something different for more than a casual fan. Um, so Greg, I wanted to really start with you and what was your thoughts when you first saw this announcement and heard the news regarding ring of honor suspension of operations? I mean, it, it was mixed, definitely a, a mixed bag of feelings. Um, I first heard of it. It was actually sent to me by Patrick O'Dowd and I was heartbroken, honestly, but it's weird because I don't know weirds are yeah it's weird because my fondest memories are long gone. I mean it, it's an old regime that even owned it. It was before Sinclair took it over is where my memories come from. And so and my experience was was before Sinclair owned it when I actually you know worked for them and in the events that I worked on. But it, it's always. I guess I've always seen the potential for Ring of Honor to kind of regain that footing and, and where it was and where it could be like that. But that P word used to always be really dangerous in the early days of podcasting, especially when I would grade Impact Wrestling on a different scale than WWE because of the potential that they both had. Because even then I knew one was pro wrestling and one wasn't, just like mm-hmm. now. And for Ring of Honor, like that is a product that I just loved and, and loved so much. I still remember the first one that I went to was in 2006 or 2005. And even being there, like I'd seen DVDs, I'd heard about it. 
And that's back when it was a mix of the ECW crowd and the Japan crowd, not necessarily the crowd it is now. And and that was during the summer of punk where, where he had probably still the best run of his career. And, and even when Daniel Bryan came back as Bryan Danielson and, and was ring of honor world champion, like so many things we got to live through and, and the rise of Tyler black, who's now Seth Rollins, like just, just so many different things that we got to see and, and be a part of um, that you look at, you know, you can look at the WWE main event scene right now. And so much of it came from NXT mm-hmm. So much of it came from Ring of Honor before yeah. NXT. And, and at that point, Ring of Honor was, was kind of the feeder system for, for WWE. And here's the thing. They knew it. And, and I say mm-hmm. they knew it because literally, I, as I sat across the table from the then executive vice president of Ring of Honor, Sid Ike, in October of 2019 or 2009, planning the, the WrestleMania weekend events, he flat out told me they know they're a feeder system for WWE. And, and they knew it and they were okay with it because it's not like they could afford to keep talent around. Even if talent wasn't going to necessarily make more going to WWE, that potential was there. They were never going to main event WrestleMania wrestling for Ring of Honor. Like it just wasn't mm-hmm. going to happen. And, but it was the launching point for so many people to get to do just that. Fast forward to, to today and it's, it's the company in my mind is a shell of what it used to be. It, be, it became corporate owned. The events they were putting on, the crowds were lacking. So many decisions that were made. It's on syndicated television. The, the booking regime has changed multiple times over and it's just not the same company that it used to be because they wanted to try to go on that national scale. And then if you fast forward even more to modern day, AEW was out Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, and mm-hmm. for for the past two years, even though they've kind of gone away from that too. But this moment probably started it all out or all in. To, to be a hundred percent honest with you, which is ironically enough, because it was a Ring of Honor show to the point that Ring of Honor still owns the footage to it, which is why you never yeah. see anything about it on AEW television. AEW owns the name all in, Ring of Honor owns the footage for all in, so it's really kind of weird there, but. Just so many, like such a range of, of emotions associated with the company. And, and, and maybe depending on, on where you take it, we can talk more about what I actually did and, and, and what I learned from working there mm-hmm. because it had a tremendous impact on who I am now. And yeah. as both a promoter and kind of an analyst, commentator, whatever you want to call me, both of those things heavily influenced by a six month span of time working for Ring mm-hmm. of Honor on two events. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's forever changed me, and and now, in my opinion, it's gone. Even if it continues under this new way, it ain't the same. Well, I think you bring up a really good point of Ring of Honor help build, whether inadvertently or just by happenstance or just being that feeder system. We can thank Ring of Honor for what we have in AEW and what we had, even a little bit have, in NXT. It really did shape and mold modern professional wrestling. You know, the wrestling that we got in the 2000s, you know, I think Ring of Honor is part of that. I think, too, as we lost ECW in the beginning of the 2000s, Ring of Honor was able to pick that up in a variety of of ways, whether it was kind of the unique storytelling, the wrestlers that they signed, the matches that they had, not necessarily of a comparable level of, say, violence, but just as this independent promotions that people could really gravitate to that they felt that they could appreciate pro wrestling. 
And that then would fed out and, and expanded with, you know, AEW as far as AEW would not exist if it wasn't for Ring of Honor and two being a feeder system to WWE, but then eventually more to NXT um, and almost NXT feeling very much similar to the glory days of, of Ring of Honor with their matches and with their storylines. So from this perspective of maybe not knowing as much history or watching as much of it, there, I think many wrestling fans understand the importance of Ring of Honor in a historical sense. And even though it had been kind of sliding on the scale with the level of competition between, you know, other pro- larger promotions like AEW with other somewhat kind of comparable promotions, um, even the changes with Impact and, and MLW, you know, still kind of being on that tier, but ultimately with all the, the changes that it had been making, you still always felt like Ring of Honor was going to be there, that it was always going to be an option for those who didn't like the mainstream of WWE, that didn't like AEW, that maybe couldn't, you know, really understand Impact, you know, like you, there was always a place, I think, for wrestling fans or a place that wrestling fans could feel that they had something with Ring of Honor. And to now see this now, that's the thing with this announcement, too. It's almost like you're reading between the lines because, as, as it's mentioned, that this is a, uh, you know, suspend operations. It's not a closure, it's not a final. But a lot of people are treating it as this is the end. Why Why do you think that? And even the talent is treating it as this is the end because mm-hmm. it's no longer what it used to be. It's only going to be Ring of Honor and name. A lot of people have said it's going to become East Coast PWG because PWG doesn't have anybody under contract. They just use mm-hmm. other people's wrestlers and they put on super shows that are typically devoid of any storylines. And people mm-hmm. eat that shit up because it's that, that's the fan base. That's essentially what Ring of Honor is going to do because if they don't have anybody in contract, it's hard to depend on people from a storyline perspective, right? As an, as an independent promoter, I can tell you, like, it's, it's you know, if you don't know if you're going to have people available for X number of shows, how can you focus on them? It, it's always a big challenge. And we have people, we don't have contracts, but we have people who are like, our events are top priority. And so we can build around that and, and we can focus on it. Um, but that's not easy and not everybody can do that. It's it's just a big challenge from that perspective. So I think for a lot of people, it won't be the same. And and what's sad is that I'm sure some of the same talent will go back. Like when they run their events, WrestleMania week, and they run Supercard of Honor, I'm sure some of the old Ring of Honor talent will be there. And I'm sure that's going to feel weird because maybe their pay scale will be different. They're getting paid on a per date. They don't have a downside. Like it's just totally different. And, and for a lot of people, they're going to probably almost resent that it's still called Ring of Honor. Just because it's not. It's not Ring of Honor. It's not the same. Maybe it's more like the original incarnation because it's so independent now and nobody's under contract and all of that. But but it's still owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, so it's not an independent. And, and so it's funny because we've talked before and, and we've had this conversation like, who is Ring of Honor? What is Ring of Honor's identity? Yeah. That identity crisis is going to be more prevalent than ever if yes. these events happen in April. Yeah. And, and we talked about that even last year, I think it was with the anniversary show and really over even prior to the pandemic, I think that was where I think they, they lost some fans because, you know, after, as you talked about, um, all in, um, or all out, I forget. All in was the 
show that took place before okay, yes, yes, AEW was in, a thing. Yeah. That was the yes, actual Ring of Honor event that people don't admit was a yes, Ring of Honor event. So before, yeah, really before All In, too, again, with changes to their roster with being signed to WWE and then ultimately when AEW grew into conception and took a lot of what a lot of people thought AEW was, I mean, uh, um, Ring of Honor was with, you know, the focus on matches and being that wrestling brand, you know, what else was there for them to do? Um, I think they struggled in some ways with that you know, first iterations of, of the women's division. Um, you know, they had the, the people that did stay, I don't think fans seemed very invested um, in them and it was harder for them to build storyline around it because from what I do know and, and understand in history, you know, that time frame too, that you're talking about with ring of honor had some of the best storylines um, and heated rivalries and, and like really just kind of legendary matches that, were you know part of that identity of what Ring of Honor is and and feuds that people still talk about to this day, and because they had a unique perspective of it where they could do a story, but they could also have a great match to to back it up. And that I think maybe where we see maybe that hybrid or where the crossroads is, you know, where AEW still struggles with storyline and with WWE, maybe it is that they don't have lots of long matches granted the the audience and the way that those two you know products are are put together and what they're trying to aim for is very different but ultimately ring of honor had the best of of both um really in that and, and again from a casual fan's perspective you know the history and who came through there but don't always have that sense of truly how it helped brought up, you know, the Seth Rollinses and the Kevin Owens and the Sami Zayn's and the Daniel Bryan Danielsons, you know, like before they truly became household names, uh, you know, and, and more. But we wouldn't have those guys if it wasn't for Ring of Honor. And um, even just the matches that they had in there really, you know, are some of the ones that people watch over and over and over again. I, I briefly do want to talk about your experience in working with Ring of Honor because one aspect that is also being reported is that on the office side, there's still going to be staff there, which is seemingly looking to be there, some structure at least to help with a relaunch in April. Um, so the signs look good for that. But I am curious again, too, you know, with your experience uh, with that side of ring of honor and not only what it did for your career, but also, you know, does that, is that a good sign to come that ring of honor will be returning, um, in, in 2022. So I'm going to go backwards and I'm going to answer your first question, your second question first. I'm not going to answer it because it's, it's, I don't know the answer. Is it a good sign? I guess that depends on your perspective. Mm. Do you want it to exist in this new way? Yeah. I think some people would say no, now, I look at all the talent who recently was released from their contracts, which happened after this, the Ring of Honor announcement. This could be another opportunity for them to get a payday. This could be another opportunity for them to work and, and, and perform in front of fans and sell merchandise. So from that perspective, yeah, I think it's good. And I, I, I'm glad that they're still employing the office staff and trying to, to put things together. 
I fear that that won't work out in the long run just because this hasn't worked out and, and we'll see. I don't know. Um, but they can still put on events and they can still draw and, and they can still tape content because they're still going to have a TV show for, for Sinclair. Then, then I guess it can, can exist in that way. I, maybe part of me wishes they would change the name, but the name will help you sell tickets. So, so that's that. So I think it is in my mind, it's a positive sign because I see the business end of it for the people that are involved and it gives them an opportunity to make money and I can't be upset at that at all. Um, but as a, as me and my experience, it won't be the ring of honor that I remembered. And in all honesty, it hasn't been anyway. Um, you ask about my experience with ring of honor. And, and I recently had a chance to tell this story this weekend, uh, and something that was filmed that'll be coming out later this year. I, in 2009, I was actually working for events for ICW at the time. And, and myself and the Hawaiian line were having a conversation about how ring of honor had not announced their, October or their, their WrestleMania weekend events for WrestleMania 26, which was here in Phoenix. And he was like, you should reach out to them. And I was kind of like, why should I reach out to them? And of course I was doing so much for Isaac Dip at the time. He was like, maybe you can help them and, and, and see. And so I did, I literally sent an email to Carrie Silkin, the president of Ring of Honor at the time, because I didn't know who else to email. And, and, and his email address was easy. Not, not that difficult to find. Never expected to hear back. And about two days later, I got an email from Sid Ike, who was the executive vice president of Ring of Honor at the time. And, and he didn't even delete out the forwarded email. So, so, so Carrie Silken had forwarded it to Sid Ike. And in Carrie Silken's email, it basically said, I don't even know who this person is. I don't know if they're any good, but we don't have anything out there anyway. So it's worth a shot. So that told me like they really didn't have a venue or anything else. So he re emails me. He's like, can we call? Can we talk on the phone? Whatever. So I talked to him on the phone and. And I'm like, we can find venue and this and that and access to ring and everything else. And so the first thing I do is find a venue and I found a venue and he flies out and, and took off work. And it was all so fast. Like, I think it was like a Friday afternoon. He was like, I'll fly out on Monday. You know, can you get me from the airport? All that stuff. So I had to like take off, you know, call in sick basically because it's too soon to, you know, take the day off. And, and basically carted him around. We went and looked at the venue. The venue was a steal. It had, Venue, chairs, table, security, all for one price. That was crazy cheap. So he literally wrote him a check like right then and there and, and booked the venue. But what was the most eye-opening was before we go to the venue, right, we meet up, pick him up at his hotel, and we go to breakfast. And we're sitting at – and this is where like my world, right, was so expanded beyond what I had already learned having done things at the independent wrestling scene. First, one of the first things we talked about was, was how difficult it was for them to find a venue – and I was joking. I was like, yeah, it's reported everywhere that WWE is blocking you from all these venues. And he's like, that's bullshit. Nobody's blocking us from anything. They have the convention center book because they need it for their events. And I just laughed. And he was just like, we let the dirt sheets say that because it builds up sympathy for us. So like they're yeah. letting people roll with it. But in no way was it true. And that was just like, you know, you'd already suspected that the Internet was bullshit, right? No, here's confirmation for it in the flesh. Yeah. And, and on top of that, too, I mean, I think going deeping, d diving deeper into, say, the pro wrestling scene out here in Arizona compared to what they're used to on the East yeah. Coast, you know, uh, independent wrestling is still not a very widely uh, attracted yeah. type of event, you know, for people it's here in Not like in it is Arizona. in Chicago, New York. Not in Chicago, like not in New York, not anywhere up along, you know, New Jersey, New yeah, York, you know, all Florida, whatever it may be. Like, it's a lot easier because it's a lot more of a, an event. And that's in general why we don't have as many 
big events out here in Arizona yeah. like other places do because it's just not a wrestling. I mean, look at place. it. The, the, the one piece of evidence that Arizona is not a, a wrestling town; it's a WWE town. AEW has yet to run here. Mm-hmm. And look at the cities it runs. They run wrestling cities. So that tells you what kind of wrestling city this is. That They don't even have connections in here to, to run a Dynamite or a Rampage or whatever here in, in, in Phoenix or the surrounding area when they very easily could. We got the venues. We got whatever they could possibly need to do it. Um, but but it was just such an eye-opening experience. And, and I still remember like when the building was booked, he literally was talking to the office, telling them what to tell I'll just say what to tell PW Insider so they can report about the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm standing right there listening to it. I even corrected him on something because I think something he said about the building was wrong. Because they were originally calling it University of Phoenix when it was at Phoenix College, which is a mm. community college gym. Still held the, the 1,100 people they needed to hold and, and had the 20-foot ceiling they needed to have, like all, all those those requirements. Um, but then I was you know, part of getting everything together. Things like coordinating the renting of guardrails and powering the lights and getting the lights all coordinated. And then, you know, the week before, like the ring we were going to use was was reported to me as broken. So we had to get a different one, like all these things that took place. And then being there for the actual setup and execution of the events was something that I learned so much from um, and, and had such a huge impact on me. One of the funny stories that I told this past weekend that people here assume, but I'll tell it here now, is – Everything was set up and I think doors were even open already for the Friday night event for Ring of Honor WrestleMania weekend. Cause there was two, one Friday, one Saturday. And I remember Patrick and I are just going to sit and do whatever and watch the event. Cause we didn't have anything to do during the show. And he comes over to me, he being Sid pronouns, pal, and says, do you know anybody who can run a spotlight? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, we don't have anybody to run the spotlight. We have the spotlight. When everybody can run it. I remember thinking, oh, whatever, try to find somebody. And I just looked at Patrick. I looked back at him and I was like, <laughs> how hard can it be? Yes. And he's like, oh, I'm sure you could do it. So we climbed up on the scaffolding and now Greg was running a spotlight for the Ring of Honor shows. That's not the experience. The experience was because I was running the spotlight, I had to be on radio, which means I heard everything. I heard mm-hmm. Adam Pierce giving instructions to the timekeeper, giving instructions to the ref. I heard the sound. I heard... The, the lighting people, I heard the door. Like I heard all of this communication. I was part of that communication. That was the learning tree. That was the experience that I realized how it's done when I had never been. I, that was the first time I was ever at a wrestling event that even had radios. So to, to be a part of that, those two days, like I learned so much in that. Like I remember second day, there's a table spot where Roderick Strong gets pushed off the top rope, goes to a table on the floor. And I remember Adam Pierce basically not letting the match continue until he got confirmation from the referee that Roddy was okay. Like just these little things that you learn about the business and, and, and of all the things that I've done, all the things that I've been lucky enough to do when I'm out there putting on an IZW event, I am more influenced by the six months I spent with Ring of Honor than anything else. And that's going away. And yeah, and you bring up really the learning tree for so many people in wrestling. You know, that is one less opportunity for people to learn and grow in professional wrestling because when we lose one uh, a company that's one less step for people to climb up towards and that's one less experience in front of cameras and in front of an audience because now also what we see is you know less opportunities or even a bigger gap between a general or more traditional independent promotion and 
the major leagues. When you don't have things in the middle, like a ring of honor, there's the gaps are just too big for people to overcome and the opportunity to be seen and to learn and grow as performers, but also in lots of other roles, um, whether that's in production, in analyst roles, in announcing, in, you know, what refereeing, all of that. We lose that when we lose a company like Ring of Honor. And uh, I'm curious to Greg, if you think that if now that, you know, this has been circulating so much, if fans kind of will now overcorrect and really show support to Ring of Honor in ways that maybe they should have over the past, you know, few years to the point where, you know, is there almost a false sense of hope of, you know, if they build it, the fans will come or stay? I mean, that's kind of the fans MO, right? Like that's happened mm-hmm. with everything. I mean, yes. you look at Nia, you talked about it during, during when we recorded the Greg DeMarco show, everyone hates Nia Jax. Nia Jax gets released. Suddenly everybody loves Nia Jax and she's yep. been wronged. When a month ago we hated her and hoped she wouldn't come back. So I, I could see some of that with ring of honor. The only thing I think might get in the way of that is the existence of AEW. Cause what's really interesting right now is the people who were touting this, Oh my God, ring of honor. We're going to miss it are the people like Maria Kanellis and some others. Daniel Bryan Danielson hasn't said anything. CM mm-hmm. Punk hasn't said anything. Christopher Daniels hasn't said anything. Like These are the ones that you would think are carrying the flag right now, but they're all AEW. And, and so it's, 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 they've got this other thing and it's still new and it's still fresh and they're still building. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's only been around two years, right? It's, it's got so much more to go. Um, you would think those should be the flag bearers right now, and it's not. So it's re- and 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 that fan base has been sheep for the AEW leaders. So mm-hmm. it's it's just well that hurt it. I don't know. I've said it before on uh, on different places. If I'm Ring of Honor, I'm calling AEW, and I'm like, can we use CM Punk? Can we use Daniel Bryan Danison for Final Battle? Like it's essentially the last show as it was, and like these are the guys that helped build the company. You know, Christopher Daniels. Um, so many more. I mean, the first ever Ring of Honor main event was Low Key, Christopher Daniels, and Daniel Bryan Danielson. I don't know the relationship with Low Key for anybody, but the other two were in one company. Like you could recreate that magic if you really wanted to. You know, call up WWE and you know, is Seth Rollins free for a day? Like it's just so many things that they could try to do. You know, what's Davy Richards doing? You know, Eddie Edwards, the heart and soul of Impact Wrestling, as he's been called, came from Ring of Honor. I'm sure they could spare any Edwards. He's probably not even, they're probably not even running the same weekend as Final Battle. So, yeah, it's just interesting because if it's truly the last Ring of Honor event as we know it, it should be a celebration of what the company was. Yes. And I don't feel that momentum coming, which is sad. No. Yeah. I mean, because I, sorry to interrupt. Or go home. Yeah. And sorry to interrupt because I feel like, I don't know a better analogy to give other than like, when someone passes away unexpectedly, one of the big complaints is that you never got to say goodbye. And mm-hmm. I feel like people aren't getting to say goodbye to Ring of Honor, but I also get this sad feeling of, I don't know they want to. And that's yeah, and, and and maybe that's the ambiguous thing. Maybe it's, it's not a goodbye. It's a see you later. 
It's, hey, we're going to take some time to restructure because that's also a, a whole other conversation, likely for a different time regarding the landscape of professional wrestling changing so much due to the pandemic, due to the rise of AEW, due to, you know, what WWE is now doing with, with releases and how they're hiring and all of that. It's a completely different landscape. And that does have a trickle down effect to companies like Ring of Honor because then that influences who they hire, who they want to be, what they want to do. And I think sometimes you do need to take a step back and figure out their identity, because that's one thing, as we've talked about, one thing they haven't done. And maybe that means stepping away to figure out who you are again or who you are now. And I think that's okay. And as you mentioned too, you know, they still can operate in a way where you can have, you know, TV broadcastings, but maybe they do less touring, but maybe that means a leaner operations. Who knows? I I feel want to be optimistic about it. And I think it's ultimately, you know, how you respond to the current landscape uh, that is, you know, the world of professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. Um, Because as we talked about on the Greg DeMarco show, WWE sports entertainment, not pro wrestling. Um, And when you find that balance in in those aspects and also finding out, you know, who do you want to be and what kind of fans do you want to attract? That's a big thing. Um, Because, again, we look at the big differences between WWE and AEW about who they are and who they attract and who they want to be very different in their approaches. And I think ultimately in order for, ring of honor to find long-term success and again rebuild if they want to get back to the capacity and the way that they used to be or if they're making these changes for good that's what remains to be seen but ultimately either way still a, a, a really big hole that you know is left in professional wrestling in the independent scene and you know it is something that you know, as, as fans and with people of varying experiences and knowledge of Ring of Honor, I think universally people are looking at this as a loss. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it should be looked at as a loss. I don't know if it is big enough being looked at as a loss by a lot of people because, I don't know, I just don't feel that sentiment there as much as we should. And maybe it's because so much else has mm-hmm. gone on. Maybe it's because less than a week later, WWE releases all this talent and, and yeah. everybody gets upset about and it. And that's also the, the the cycle, you know. And and for literally a week, it was big news. And then these releases yeah. come out, you know. And, and then the news cycle will come again with more things happening. And they get lost in the mix, which maybe that's also part of the reason why they're here. Is right. because there is much more news. There, everything is circulating in such a different way, where the attention is not on Ring of Honor as easily as it used to be. Yeah, no, it's true. It, it, they have to fight for that attention. They've had to fight for that relevancy. Um, they don't have a consistent time slot. They don't have a lot of things. I just want to make sure that one people, people think people understand. Maybe this is the reason. Maybe it's not the reason. They literally paid everybody everything during the pandemic. Yeah. Like, like no one else did that. They didn't release anybody. They didn't do anything. And maybe that's what was one of the things that led to their eventual downfall. I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, this decision came down when Sinclair was doing their 2022 budget. And and I know they talked about Joe Coff fought and fought and fought. One of the things that, that didn't come up earlier was that Sinclair has been revealed to be $12.5 billion in debt. 
Now, it's funny because people I've heard on other podcasts talk about how Ring of Honor was $12.5 billion in debt. I don't even think that's possible. To spend There's not, you can't billion spend that much money to I don't even know if $12.5 billion. But Sinclair is $12.5 billion. They bought regional sports networks and they are not working. They put a lot of money into a streaming platform. It is not even rolled out. And who needs another streaming platform, especially when owned by Sinclair Broadcasting? Like, what do they have that they can put on a streaming platform besides Ring of Honor, which they, you know, were trying to sell the, the video library to anyway? This is it, it's it's kind of indicative of what happened at WCW, and everybody talks about what killed Ring of Honor, what killed Ring of Honor, just like what killed you know Eric Bischoff killed WCW, this killed WCW, that the finger poke of doom. No, AOL Time Warner not wanting it killed WCW, mm-hmm. and not wanting it as part of their sale. Sinclair Broadcasting not wanting to spend the money on it because they're twelve point five billion dollars in debt. That's what's killing Ring of Honor, not booking, not the landscape, not the pandemic, not uh, AEW existing. None of that stuff killed Ring of Honor. It's Sinclair finances that are yeah, very on. very much the business side of it killed it. So yeah, but that's not fun to talk about. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not as uh, sexy as they no. call it in the news business to talk about that. It's everything else that is a lot more funner and interesting to talk about. And with that, that is the end of this topic for now. You know, we're going to be covering more as we learn more information about this. Up next, though, Greg, go ahead. And let's pay some bills. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Of war games! War games! War games! Yes, everyone! War Games has been announced by NXT on tonight's episode of NXT, which, well, let's be honest, Greg and I have not watched because we're recording the show while NXT is happening. But it's been posted all over social media, including WWE and NXT social media, that War Games return on Sunday, December 5th. And this was, of course, I mean, it's war game season. So William Regal saying war games is half of the fun of this. But I think it's something very interesting, as we've talked about with the evolution to NXT 2.0. Many of us didn't really know what that meant for aspects of NXT 
like takeovers, like, you know, more of the traditional events. We've already had Halloween Havoc. So we did see a continuance of that. But, you know, with that, we didn't we really didn't know what the status of was was of these specials. Now, a very interesting aspect of this is that it is not labeled as a takeover. It is just simply NXT war games. Even though it's on a Sunday, it is not a takeover. So that also feels like takeovers are done. But, you know, I was excited to hear this. It's it's grasping at straws a little bit as to finding elements of NXT that I still enjoy and love and pulling on what's been successful for NXT and leveraging that. But Greg, I just want to get your thoughts on this announcement. We don't have any matches yet. We don't have anything announced other than we know we're having War Games Sunday, December 5th. I'm assuming we're going to have the men's and women's War Games. And yes. I was the one who, at a prior year, not last year but the year before, literally said they shouldn't have done the men's war games because there was no storyline behind it. Last year, obviously, they had to do the men's war games because you had Pat McAfee and crew in the Undisputed Era. And that was kind of the – even though that wasn't the end of the Undisputed Era, that was the beginning of the end of the Undisputed Era. It's interesting because if you look at the the lineup right now and, and, and the talent in NXT, I think it's easier to build the war games out of the women right now. Because of toxic attraction. A lot easier. Yeah. A um, lot easier. But even then, that's only three of them. So you still got to get a fourth. And and with the men, like, I think War Games represents a great opportunity for some people who don't have a lot going on right now. I would love to see MSK in War Games. Like, mm-hmm. especially the NXT War Games that doesn't have a roof on the cages and, and, you know, uses a lot more weapons and things like that than we've seen in War Games in the past. That could be great for, for an MSK. Um so uh, I'm excited about the proposition of war games here. I am sad. I'm the one that made that observation. Like this ain't takeover war games. This is just war games. I actually sent a tweet out earlier. I was like, so takeover's dead, huh? Like that's, that's, I think it's dead. Like no more takeover unless it's a one-off, but it's just further driving that point that they killed off the original NXT when they didn't have to. And, yeah. and now, you know, again, Triple H is probably like, wait, what? It's not takeover war games. It's just war games. Well, like, yeah. And it, it feels like even now, if they're less frequent, it feels more like a takeover than other takeovers because takeovers became so frequent to the point where it didn't, you know, it was, it was more consistency. Whereas originally with the concept of takeover, it really just felt like a one night only takeover. Yeah. Like they and, did it five fact, times a year. And yeah. It was a it, takeover made sense when it was around the other pay-per-views. Yes. Because they were taking over for the night. And then, and then the next night WWE was back. Then you got the standalone takeovers, which was great for, for takeover, uh, you know, for, for 25. Um, the, all that was, was fine and well, but yeah, I think takeover, but it's not on a Tuesday. So it's not like the Halloween. Yeah. Havoc so it's not, else. it's not like Halloween Havoc. It's not a or, themed episode know, of NXT. Yeah, it's Great American thing. Bash or anything like yeah. that. So it does make it different. Um, but, and, and it's still around a major theme of NXT. So I guess again, here's the bigger question for me. Um, and I'm afraid of asking this question. It scares the shit out of me, but ask it. WCW, ask it. WCW did it. And so I fear NXT is going to do it too. Are we going to see the first version in WWE of a one ring war games? Look at the setup of the performance center right now. Oh no. Like maybe you can scoot things back. There, there's some room between mm-hmm. the commentators and maybe you can move the commentators for a night. Who knows? But 
looking at the setup of the the amphitheater style that they have in the well i think you can adjust the entrance you know i think you kind of just make the entrance a little shorter and that's how you do it maybe but the entrance is already behind fans so you've got to adjust the crowd situation i don't i don't know ultimately so where i'm a little agitated is what could have been. And I, I talk a lot about this on the Lucha Central Weekly podcast because of these two factions that I think would have been a perfect fit oh, for yeah. war games that no longer exist, and that's Hit Row and Legato. That they literally added, you know, fe- you know, they, they added Electra to Legato, almost seemingly to help uh-huh. compensate for BFAB. And it felt like such a... Granted, would they ever do an intergender war games? Probably not. But, but could have. It literally right? could have. They absolutely could have. It was a long-standing feud and storyline that had everything that you needed to do a blow-off in war. But games. never had the blow-off. And Didn't even have a blow-off ha- at all. And legit, exactly. Legit never had the and blow-off. And like, I, I haven't seen, the only bit of NXT I've seen tonight is highlights, including the interaction between Electra Lopez and, and Zion Quinn. Is Legato dead? I mean, it feels a bit like it because, like, like, I mean, last week we didn't have Santos. No. We had Raul and Joaquin. Does he have COVID? Like, what's team. going on with Santos? We don't know. I, I, I don't know. But, yeah, and really the big blow-off we did have was that final match between Swerve and Santos. Right. That that was really... Which was overshadowed by Carmelo Hayes cashing Exactly. So I'm contract. just more agitated at the what could have been yes. if they would have just waited. Because then also what they 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 you know BFAB was let go after that too, and hit row is you know a bit of a different faction now. It's just things like that that get agitated. Not only is hit row a bit of a different agitated. faction, but there's already talk and even sowing the seeds that maybe Top Doll is going to be the singles guy and yes. Swerve is going to be stuck yep. in a tag mm-hmm. team, and now people are going to be upset about that. B-Fab, look, I said it a million times. I, oh, I, yeah. You didn't have to let her go because she could have talked because she was a great talker. Sucks at the wrestling. Horrible wrestler in the ring. Probably wasn't going to get any better, especially being on the main roster. But B-Fab was a perfect example of why you need the NXT house shows to come back. At least the Largo loop. Yes. Like Bianca Belair benefited from it. Like some people benefited from it. And especially this talent now. Like that's another thing I want to write is how NXT mm-hmm. needs to bring back the Largo loop because these talent indeed reps especially yeah. people who aren't from the world of wrestling, which is so many of them right now. But yeah, like I'm really worried that Legato's dead. And at least as we knew it, like where's Santos and maybe he'll come back in a few weeks. I mean, Dakota Kai just came back. Like a lot of things that we think we know we don't, we talked about it before. Um, but now with the whole Electra Lopez, Zion Quinn, maybe that'll lead to a Zion Quinn Santos feud. I don't know. I think Zion Quinn again, Horrible thing to say. We said it about Karen Cross and Keith Lee. Zion Quinn feels like a can't miss prospect, which means who knows? Yeah, who, um, who knows? But, you know, yeah. I do think in some ways you are right where war games could be utilized to elevate some of this 2.0 talent, you know, in a different light. Yeah. Um, and I think it'd be great. But they just revamped, you know, uh, NXT. And war games is usually a way to again blow off a bigger feud or something that's yes a little no. bit more withstanding. No, yes and no. Yes and no. I, I for the it really women, depends. War games was always survivor series style. Mm-hmm. We got some captains, we fill out a team and we go. And and I hated when WCW got to that point. When war games was no longer about a feud and it was about a match. Yes. And then well, we that's had to I'm, fill yeah. the match. 
And I feel yeah. like these war games are going to feel that way. Like, mm-hmm. like people might start a feud because they're booked against each other in war games, but war games isn't happening because the feud dictates it. Exactly. And that's what I'm leaning more towards. I think even, and you're right, as far as the opposite may happen, where there's actually more of a story to tell on the women's side because of toxic attraction. I'm thinking maybe you combine that with the Dakota and Raquel, where yeah. maybe Dakota joins toxic attraction, and then you have Raquel on the opposing side. I don't think she joins. I mean, she doesn't become a member of toxic attraction, but she teams No, 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 but just partners, yeah. They even yeah. teased that I mean, last yeah. week when, when they were yeah. each other backstage. And yeah. I could see it right now, like like even with the people that Toxic Attraction wrestled today on NXT, it, you know, with with Io Shirai plus Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro, combine that with Raquel Gonzalez, you've got the four on the other side. Like, yeah, poof, there's your women's war games match. Like, yeah, and it's an that opportunity for Casey mm-hmm. Catanzaro and and Caden Carter to to grow and and to become bigger stars. It's an opportunity again. For, yeah, it, it, it's perfect. The men's side, yeah. I think, is a little more difficult. You mm-hmm. might go the captains. Maybe you have Braun Breaker captain a team and Tommaso Ciampa captain a team. Yep. Weird because they're baby faces. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, maybe Legato is part of that. Maybe you, you get Legato and a fourth member and they face Tommaso Ciampa, Braun Breaker, Zion Quinn, if, if they're going in that direction and one other. That could be a possibility as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, maybe it's not as bad as I think. I don't know. You know, maybe no, it's I mean, I, it it's just it's just a little bit harder to build in such a short time frame. Again, I think it's going back to the investment. Yes. Now, granted, if you do the captain's way, I still then then the story is more about the captains and who else is on the team. Who else is on the team is just going to benefit from being in that type of match. You know, whether that's just But that's all you know, NXT is right now anyway, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that was also going to be my point as as well. You know, anyone who who was going to be in this match is really going to benefit. If anything, is more looking at a, a Braun as more of a standalone guy yeah. as well, someone who can lead a team. You know, or or however you want to frame it. But you know, is the potential there? Absolutely. Am I excited for it? Yes. Am I a little relieved to see again? It's like when you go to a new school and you don't know anyone there, and you finally find some level of familiarity. You know, whether it's you know a, an aspect of that where you're like, okay, I feel a little bit better now, and I feel like that's what I feel right now with war games. A, yeah. a small element of the quote-unquote old NXT there to provide a sense of comfort. Still new landscape, new people, you know, even new intentions. But, you know, again, if, if when we talked about this earlier, I just need William Regal to come out and yell war games. Don't you get that? Of war games! War games! War games! If we do not get this, I don't think we are. all hope is lost. I can't. Well, they've I can't. already announced it. So now, how do you get there? I don't know. I mean, that's the one you announce again. Like, how do you settle this? If if Tommaso Ciampa and, and Braun is in that, you know, ring, you know, who who sets up war games? You know, like I think we know you do that it for war games is happening. Time. I think you do it for the women. You have toxic oh, yeah. attraction. You have Raquel and Dakota fighting. Toxic attraction comes out. Then you have the other three, you know, EO come out with Caden and Casey, and they're all fighting, and that's when William Ringle shows up. Yeah. And he's like, if you can't maintain control, then there's only one way we can settle this. And then, war games! And then we just go. That's like, all. Yeah. You just need it for the pop. We know his role is not the same anymore. That's yeah. fine. Just give us the pop then. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, and I think it works better with the women. I do, which is fine. Give yes. him that. Yeah. Maybe we can, and honestly, NXT could be setting it up. 
The women have yet to main event war games. This could be the year that oh, happens. This could be. It this should easily be. could be the year. Yeah, I agree. It should be. Well, you know, we're going to cover more NXT war games as we get that info, as we get those match announcements. But hey, we're just happy it's happening. So let's celebrate a little bit in the little things that we can enjoy in pro wrestling. And with that, that's it for this week's episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can follow me, Miranda Morales, at the Hashtag Miranda. Hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter. That's why I'm the Twitterless heroine. But you can find Greg on Twitter, at ChairShotGreg on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as the ChairShot on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, including an article that Greg recently wrote regarding uh, the most uh, recent NXT releases, something that uh, Greg doesn't get to do as much anymore, but uh, he does get to share his thoughts and perspectives on why that happened. Not so much a breakdown on who, but the why behind it all. And that in and of itself is worthy enough for you to go ahead and check it out at thechairshot.com, as well as all of the podcasts uh, that you can find on the Chairshot Radio Network, which are on thechairshot.com. 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 Always use your head. As well as your favorite podcast streaming platform, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe so that way you get notifications every time a new episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show or anything from the Chair Shot Radio Network drops. You can leave a five-star rating and leave a review all on your favorite platform. You can also do that through social media by reaching out to us And also, Greg, one last reminder where our listeners can find information on Impact Zone Wrestling. On social media, you want to hit up at IZW Wrestling AZ, AZ for Arizona, at IZW Wrestling AZ, or go to the website, Impact Zone, or not ImpactZoneWrestling.com, that doesn't exist, IZWWrestling.com. Make sure you join us Saturday, November 20th at Fully Legal Scottsdale Studios at Scottsdale, well, in Scottsdale, Arizona. And don't forget you can support IZW and thechairshot.com by purchasing a t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. For the hashtag Miranda show, don't forget I'm Miranda Morales. He's Greg DeMarco. You can't see I'm pointing at him, but he's there. He's still there. Oh, don't you worry. He is still there. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to always keep it soft style. If I had my damn painting, we wouldn't be having this conversation now, would we? Since you didn't bring me my $40 million painting, I'm going to need you to pay me back with interest. Can we just get to the job? War Games! Of War Games! War Games! War Games! Thechairshot.com. Always use your. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.